What if a business just has way too much debt? Is there any way that it can be sold? Hey everyone, it's uh, David Barnett from davidcbarnett.com, the blog site, YouTube channel, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, podcast, where I talk about buying, selling, financing, and managing small and medium-sized enterprises. Today we're talking with Kenny Butler, who is one of the principals over at Bardwell Creative, which is a debt workout solutions company. And we're going to be talking about different kinds of debts, and we're going to be talking about what you may or may not be able to do as far as working through that without maybe getting involved with, you know, the law courts and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, and Kenny's joining me from uh, Northampton, Massachusetts, which is uh, just a little ways away from Springfield. And uh, so you're, you're only a seven or eight hour drive from where I live, Kenny, you're just down the highway. And uh, so, but what we're going to be talking about today is definitely part of the American experience. So this, we're going to be talking about UCC filings and things like this, but some of what we're going to be talking about is definitely <clears throat> applicable as far as a concepts, ideas uh, that everyone I think is going to be able to, to take something away from because the things we're going to be talking about exist in other countries, just under different names and people may have to talk with other kinds of experts to figure out how you get this done but I've seen these kinds of things done in different countries. So um, first of all, you know, Kenny, thanks for joining us. And what we're going to be talking about today has to do with UCC filings. And I think the very first thing we should do is get sort of get that out of the way. Just explain to people what a UCC filing is. And, uh, and, and then we'll start to talk about how, uh, <coughs> how different rules allow us to do different things. Well, the use, yeah, uh, it's a real pleasure to be here. Uh, Thanks. We, we've talked before off camera many uh, a couple of times, and it's uh, a lot of fun. So the U UCC is the Uniform Commercial Code, and that's a code code that was drawn up by many people, you know, many lawyers uh, over time. But it's recognized by the courts. But it's you could you could call it a legal process, but it's really not. It's code to follow. And uh, particularly so that, um, you know, businesses and assets and collateral and all these different things that are part of debt and uh, business uh, can be sort of workflowed out and put together in a way. And that's what they call the code. So part of the code. Go ahead. Well, it, it, it's a way for lenders to feel more secure that they can lay claim to collateral that's been offered to them if they, if they make a loan to somebody. Yeah, this, the code is this is how you do it. Hmm. That's the code. If you you know if you want to if you want to lend something, and then you want to you know perfect it or you want to collateralize it and perfect it or you know all these different things. That's the code, and uh, it's in there and shows you how to do it. And the one that we're focusing on it now is the Article Nine of the UCC of UCC code. So the the so, result of the result of the UCC code is that in every state. There is a registry uh, that that people can search if they have to, where you can find out if there are different loans or liens, <clears throat> different assets or businesses. Liens, liens. Right? Yeah. So, so mm -hmm. you can see what the liens are against different businesses, and and the the reason why this makes lenders feel more secure is they know that somebody hasn't offered the same object as collateral for more than one loan. And if anyone wants to go and make a loan against something, they can go and search and see if anybody else has already made a loan by seeing if there's mm -hmm. a lien in place, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So one of one yeah, they, of, and they file those liens with the Secretary of State in the United States. Yeah, and and so basically, it's a it's a 
accessible database that records what's owed and, uh, you know, against not, towards the liens against collateral, I guess is a more specific way to put it. Not, that's not what the UCC is. UCC okay. is literally just a code. It's a bunch of writing and it tells us really in, in the article nine of it. Uh, yeah, mm -hmm. it's not a database. It's not a database. It's just that, you know, the secretary of state recognizes you know, um, the process. They, cre they create the database to facilitate this. Yes. Yeah. Just okay. liens. Like if it was going to be a lien. Okay. And, but UCC article nine is really about first position creditor. That's the one. And it, and it lays out exactly if you're a first position creditor and let's let everyone know what that is. That means you have, you've loaned this uh, business, you know, uh, uh, it's an older loan than the newer loan. So it's the first, loan if you someone had five loans first position would mean the oldest loan right and so if people want to conceptualize this thinking that about doesn't, their, their home or their mortgage there's a, a first mortgage and then if they borrow mm -hmm. the second mortgage that second lender comes after the first person and so same idea yeah so article nine of the ucc talks about first position lien holders mm -hmm. correct correct Exactly. Article nine is focused on first position. So yeah, um, the, that's what it is. And so they follow that. Uh, so part of the, and what that UCC says, what the code says is that first position creditor can sell off the collateralized assets of the business or the entire assets of the business, because usually that's what it is. If they've uh, lent to the business, it's the entire business. Everything in the business uh, is collateral for them. They get to sell it. Uh, with uh, That doesn't mean they come in and they uh, just foreclose without, you know, lawyers or anything. And this is all done out of court. Mm -hmm. and, and it's done with the business working with first position creditor. Okay. So as a business transaction. So, and the reason why this is even our topic today mm -hmm. is that what this can be used for is it can be used as a way to basically get rid of a situation where there's an enormity of debts that far outstrip the value of a business. So it's, it's a way of actually retiring debts and, and freeing up that business to, to live another day. And in almost every, in every, what you're describing is, is it's, it's a transaction. So there's another person who's buying the business and, exactly. and a lot of the encumbrances are going to get wound up in this process. Exactly. Encumbrances, you mean like uh, subordinate debt. So yes. any of the other posi position creditors, exactly right. And the business, and unlike bankruptcy, often the business doesn't close. It can stay open. People can keep their jobs. Uh, the owner, the prior owner can stay and work there and run the business because somebody bought the business and they want to keep it running. Hmm. But the old debts do not follow the new entity that follows the old entity. Right. So once it's sold off, um, subordinate debt's gone. In effect, it's gone. Right, because those other creditors, if they were left chasing the old entity, all the assets have been taken away and there's nothing really there for them to pursue anymore. Yeah, exactly. 
Yeah, because it's attached to the business, the entity, and business is gone, the entity's gone. Okay. So that's how that works, in, in, basically. So you run a debt workout firm. Can you, can you give us a little bit of a, a history about how you got into this? And Because then, then I want to tie it in to what one of my favorite topics, Kenny. Um, we're going to tie it into one of my favorite topics. Okay. This is something that increasingly you have told me that you're dealing with in these workout scenarios. How, how did you first get involved in helping people work out debt problems? Well, um, the short story is that for about a decade, I've been playing in this field. So I've, you know, I've worked uh, um, with other, with other uh, uh, debt workout companies and uh, I've consulted with them. I've done all sorts of stuff with them in over years. And I just decided to do it myself. I, I just feel as though I can do it better. Um, then uh, I think we do it better than anyone out there uh, because we have different methods and we don't, I mean, uh, we're very careful to make sure that our clients are covered in at every step of the way and as much as possible. And uh, that's where I saw other debt workout companies failing is they would fail uh, a certain percentage of their clients uh, just from uh, neglect of certain, uh, certain basic things that had to be covered in the process of a debt workout, if that makes sense. So that's okay. how I got here. Okay. And so, most important, if I may say, most important, I found a, a, a great partner to this business with. And to me, that was, because I, I, I can't do, in this business, I can't do everything. There's no way. Right. So I have a great partner uh, uh, with me. So could you describe the typical client who would call you up looking for your help? Yeah, um, it sometimes sometimes sounds like their hair is on fire and they're just trying to beat it out. I mean, that's sort of the their their emotional state. What happens is that a business will uh, often have not they'll might, maybe they have a big SBA loan, they have vendor debt, uh, they're operating, they might be they might have a decent cash flow, but they've stacked one debt on top of an, of another, particularly MCA debt. Merchant cash advanced debt. It's one of the biggest ones. And that's the worst one because when you take on a merchant cash advance, not only is the payback horrendous, and a lot of times the business owner doesn't care. They just want to get some inventory. They want to get through some tough time. But the merchant cash advance is taking money out of their bank account via ACH five days a week, every single day. So you get... So if you got a uh, you know fifty thousand dollar merchant cash advance, hooray! Let's put it in the bank, and as we need it, we'll use it like our own little line of credit, right? Uh, it's not. But what's happening is it's taking out I don't know a thousand dollars a day, five hundred dollars a day, right? Say if it's five hundred dollars a day, so the first week it's twenty five hundred, second week is and so by the time thirty days is over, they've already taken out ten grand. Yeah. And you, you, don't, you don't actually get to use the money for a very long period of time. I've, I've done videos on this to show why the effective interest rates are so high Be, because, you know, part of that money, you only got to use a day and, and, and then it's gone back to those guys. <laughs> well, 
Well, uh, best case scenario is that you are able to keep some of it in there just to cover some of it until you get your invoice covered. Oh, when is your invoice covered? Oh, net 30, which is sometimes, hey, that's actually great sometimes. Some people, of course, have net 90. And net 30, they're like, I guess I can make this 50 grand stretch over to that. Oh, my invoice is late. Now uh, it's a disaster because on Tuesday, it's Monday, invoice is late. Tuesday, another $1,000 is coming out. Yeah. And that might, and we ha I have seen, okay, this is called stacking when they, they get one MCA, they get another one, stack it on there to pay that one, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I mean, we have seen, I mean, it, when, if somebody comes in with a dozen, it doesn't shock us. A dozen That's, merchant cash advances. Or more. It doesn't shock us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, often that's not the average, you know, the average probably uh, five, but by the time they got to five, it's pretty bad. But we've seen, we've seen a lot. So basically what you're describing is that somebody gets into some sort of little cash flow pinch and then maybe they saw an ad or they get a phone call from someone pitching one of these merchant cash advances and they, and they say, oh, here's a way for me to get the money I need to make this work. Mm -hmm. But they don't fully grasp the cash flow implications of the advance. And the fact that they end up paying that money back plus, you know, extra money, because there's always that payback, they call it, that extra money. And it's paid back so quickly, either as a daily ACH withdrawal. Sometimes it's a percentage of uh, terminal receipts on, you know, in a retail business, it'll be they'll take a certain percentage of, of the, the receipts every day or what have you. It gets paid back so quickly that the, the business never really gets to prosper from the use of that capital to achieve the outcome that the, that the borrower wanted. Yeah, um, <clears throat> that's right. Maybe only in best case scenario that can happen because like you said, it may be, um, uh, let's define a merchant cash advance. Merchant cash advance is a, uh, and it's not a loan, technically, legally, it is not a loan. So it's not covered under a lot of usury laws here in the United States. Mm -hmm. And because an advance, they're purchasing uh, an advance, meaning an invoice that's going to be paid to you. You know, it's not factoring. It's literally just your future receipts, whatever they may be. Right. Okay. So sometimes, so in every single time though, Merchant Cash will uh, advance company will get a hold of your bank account so that they can ACH it right out every day uh, or and or your credit card processor. So they come up with this great deal. Hey, we only take out 10% a day, right? And they wipe it and it's like, I guess that's a good deal. We can handle it. Well, now your cash flow, you know, your top line is like 10% down through that credit card, is it not? So, and then you go, oh man, I need another one. And they take another, they're like, oh, we'll do a good deal, 7.5. So it's 17.5. Forget it. It's a disaster, right? Yeah. And worse case, pretty, pretty soon you're giving away your whole gross margin. Oh, no. Before that happens, usually is that, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You'll give that away. But before that probably happens, you, it, things are so tight that, um, you know, uh, in that case, maybe you won't default because, you know, it's only a percentage of the swipe stuff. But um, in, in these merchant cash advances, everything's a default. If, you know, in the, in the legal language in those contracts, it's almost like if 
if uh, someone at the Merchant Cash Advance Company thinks it's a default, it's a default. So they get to just raid your bank account, meaning take it all and then decide, hey, what do you owe us? So we've had, you know, disasters, uh, you know, people come up and, and it's like, we're not going to make payroll because they took all our money or they know it's going to happen. Businesses now seem to be a little bit more on top of it. Uh, these merchant cash advances of what's going to happen. It's mm. like, you know, because uh, they'll start threatening them and they read enough and they know that they could just raid the account. So that's just, just to throw out some of the stuff that comes in, you know, uh, all the time. That's the, that's what it looks like and much worse too. Of course. So, so then the business owner, you know, it, it, they've got a, a, a good business at the core, but they, they can't get ahead and make any money because they've got themselves now hooked up with all of these different finance charges because of the way they put the deal together. And, and I'll, I'll tell you, you're yeah. describing, you're describing people getting into this problem because of a cash flow issue. I've seen people get into this problem right on day one because they've tried to uh, over leverage or hundred percent leverage the acquisition of a business and they've somehow been able to arrange one of these advances to, to make the cash down payment instead of equity. And, and they, they start from below zero. And um, so, so you see the result of this stuff. There's a good business. They can't make any money because of, the, of the, all the finance charges they're paying out. And so you help people figure out how to get beyond it. And the UCC chapter nine is, is one of the, Article nine is one of the things that you use. Uh, it's one of the tools, but it's, we, we don't always have to do it that way. Okay. Be, you know, not definitely not, but um, the, it is a tool. It is a tool, but we also, uh, what we do immediately is we protect the business from uh, financial seizure, having their bank accounts raided uh, and then protect them, you know, put a protective umbrella around them so they can, they can now operate without the stress of those MCAs taking their money, uh, going after them, going after their, uh, they go after their clients too, by the way, they will go after your clients. But what, so what does that look like? Is it, is it as simple as moving to a new bank or is it in, involve other stuff as no, well? No, it's never that simple. It's never that yeah. simple. There's a lot of stuff that has to be done for that because you could get yourself in real trouble. Uh, by doing that, if you do, if, if, if things aren't done right, every step, all you could lose all your money in one fell swoop. Hmm. What, how do the merchant cash advance people go after the business's customers? What do they do? Well, um, they will contact them, right? They will send a, uh, for example, uh, you know, they'll, they'll send a letter and this is all covered under the UCC code. They can do it. Right. Uh, so because they're not, it's not a loan. It's an advance. So, so they call the customer because the customer has an invoice. So if they know your customer, and oftentimes they know your customer because they've seen invoices or they, they, they see your uh, bank account and they see who, who your customers are. So they will send a legal looking letter saying you, that money is owed to us, you know, per this, this and that and that. And it's all legal looking and it looks like they should do it. They'll also call them. They'll do anything they want. So uh, that will wreak havoc in a business, but it's just, it's part of having to deal with this. Now, if 
we oh, get if we get in there and we create a good relationship with the MCAs, uh, we can prevent that. Okay, so so you go to the merchant cash advance lenders and you say, look, the situation's out of control. You're probably going to end up losing these advances anyway. Let us try to create some kind of solution. <laughs> At this point, we barely need to do that because sometimes they're happy to talk to us because the relationship with the owner has gone so bad, uh, you know, um, that the, the owners has made promise after promise that they couldn't keep because they, you know, you know, small business owners, yeah. they all want to do good business. They want to pay their bills and they'll say yes to almost anything. It's like, okay, best scenario. I can make that happen. And yes, I'll agree to that. And that blows up. So they create this really uh, negative relationship with their lenders, particularly MCAs, and it goes really ugly. And then they stop talking to them. So MCA companies know they can talk to us. We talk to them. We have a relationship and, you know, we keep them uh, up to date in everything we're doing. And we, what we do is we create a negotiated settlement with them, mm. all straight up business, no court, none of that. And MCA company would rather deal with us than usually rather deal with us than the customer. Not all, not always, because when there's a lot of them, they're hoping they can scare the business owner into giving them some money right and going around us because you know if we're dealing with five or 15 we you know we have to we have to do a lot of work to manage that so sometimes they'll go around us but what happens is i mean we we just call it we don't they already know us a lot of these people they already know us so they know who they're dealing with and then mm. we just get right right into negotiation immediately they know who they're dealing with and they know our process so for that, <clears throat> for that owner who's gotten themselves into trouble with these merchant cash advances, um, there may be a possibility that you can help them work that out so that they can see the light of day and they can come out of this in some way. But sometimes it results in the only way really out is, is through the sale of the business. Right. And so why don't you describe, could you tell us a story maybe of, of one of your clients that had to go that route? Yeah, sure. Uh, if you, but I, uh, uh, just to quickly cover all, whether it's an asset sale or it's a pure negotiation, whatever it is, you end up, when you do a debt workout, you're not piling up fees because as soon as you defaulted, all the fees piled up and it's, it's out of control. Right. Because their fees, if you default, are, they're laughable. I just laugh at them. It's like, oh, we added 15% to this loan. Yeah, sure you did. But no matter what, we negotiate a settlement, a settlement, which means you're going to pay less than what the original debt is, or actually what you owe, what you owe, not just the original debt, what you owe. It can go down as much as uh, 30%, right. 30 cents on the dollar. Okay. However, in an asset sale, it's a different story because it might go down. I mean, really, I mean, the MCAs are going to take a big hit in an asset sale because they're nothing. They're nobody if there's a first position creditors, right? If there's an SBA, if there's an SBA loan, yeah, they know they're done. They're done. So, I mean, so they're going to sell the collateral, basically the assets for the maximum value they can get. Now, depending on what the situation is, if they know if, if somebody's a, uh, you know, a consultant, for example, 
what's he have for collateral? Uh, not a lot, probably. He's got some chairs, a computer, etc. There's no reason to have a have it appraised by a third party. Hmm. But maybe there is a business big enough. Yeah, definitely, it all has to be appraised. It's very simple. They got to go through. They have to appraise the business, and you're going to appraise the business on just like value, market value of the business, number one, but also the asset value of the business. So those are two. The business is, uh, the assets are really the top value, right? So can you hear me okay? I heard a little thing in my yep. headphone. Okay. So uh, so you work, and, and now the first position creditor has no costs in this, really. They don't have to go to court. They have no lawyers. They don't have to do all this. This is done by, you know, this is done by the uh, uh, business owner. Right. So, so if, okay. that, if the and first we, position, we facilitate that. if the mm -hmm. first position creditor say is a, is a bank with an SBA mm -hmm. loan, for example, mm -hmm. um, they, number one, if their payments have been made, they may not be aware of all the hassle and problems that's going on over this business. Right. May or may not. They may or may not. And may so or may then, not. then they get contacted saying, look, here, there's a big problem because of all of these other people, these mm -hmm. cash advances and everything. Our only solution is to work something out. And because you're the first in line, we're going to sell the business and you're going to get the money. Yeah, exactly. Except um, it's not just a phone call. There's a, <laughs> you have to go through all the steps that they have. You know, sure. the SBA has their own steps. Um, you know, there's a lot of things you have to do. You have to prove that that hardship is really there and it's just how it is. Okay. They have to approve it, but they will if it's true. Sure, because they're going to see that this is actually the easiest pathway for them to go down to. Well, in effect, though, yeah, right. But in effect, if you wanted to sell your business, you can sell your business. That's another thing. You can do it, but you have to follow all the right steps. And if the business is underwater, it's a short sale, hmm. right? So uh, that's no matter what, it can be done. It's not like if the SBA says absolutely not, what do you mean? Of course you can sell it. It's a free country, right? It's just you owe that money so that you have to follow all the steps very carefully because God forbid at the end it blows up uh, and now you're in the courtroom. So you want to avoid court. You want to do, go through the process properly and there's a lot of steps that have to be taken to make that happen. Okay. So but yes, that's it. So can you, can you tell us a story of someone who's gone through this? Yeah, I, I'm very careful about even like hinting at stuff. Yeah, right? yeah, we, I don't want to know who the clients are. Just, but it's the yeah. same thing. I mean, it, it, you know, no, you can, <laughs> yeah. Um, for example, um, like this could happen multi-state. So I, I'll tell you, I'm just, I'm going to put a few clients in my head mm. and they're going to merge. All right. So uh, you might have one client, you know, who has uh, one business in one state and then several businesses in two states. Right. So now there's a lot of moving parts on there on there because you might have multiple SBA loans because one would be in one state. One would be in another uh, another. So you might have three if you had three states, say you could have. And then. But you could have multiple MCAs with those. So now and then each one will have a UCC lien against them or multiple UCC liens against them with all the secretary of states of each 
each state. So you can see it's how complicated it's already getting. Yeah. And uh, then, then you have multiple, multiple MCAs on top of that, multiple ven- vendors, all these people owed. They all have to be tracked, communicated with. And so one MCA, you might talk to one agent there, then you talk to another, then you talk to the other, the other one was fired. It's, it's, it's insane. So you go through that process. Then finally, you, you know, then you, then you get the first position creditor in place. And now you have to, before you get that, you have, of course, that's easy. You know who they are, but you have to have a buyer. You have to have a buyer for the business. Okay. And depending on what the business is, you bring in an appraiser and they appraise the entire business. Um, and so they, you get that done. And that's a third party uh, that the first position creditor will approve. Or, you know, they might approve what you say anyway. So that happens. So, so now you have, and by the way, if it's in multi-states, you have multi-lawyers because the business owner is going to make sure everything is, you know, has to go through certain lawyers because he's going to have, and by the way, I'm drawing on all, you know, mm. all these clients and all these different things we've done. Then you're going to have the states. Because you, you're going to, do you have a payroll tax that's passed due, that's owed? Right. These, and, these are the, the state obligations that are kind of like super liens on the business. They have to be addressed even before creditors, things like payroll, yeah, let's, yes, deductions, let's, and stuff like that. Exactly. Let's not even discuss not paying that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's, you don't even want to go near that. That's the stuff that must be paid state level and federal level because for some reason, maybe you have to pay a federal level uh, payroll tax. So, so what you do is you make sure you have those lawyers who are going to sign off on that. So they're going to sign off with the state because the state, so all that money you, you get the, if I'll back up, you've got the first position creditor, they've approved the price of a sale because you found a buyer, Mm -hmm. right? You don't want to, you don't want to bring in, uh, in the process, in the negotiation, by that time, you can't be, because at that time, you may not be even the, be able to pay your SBA loan, right? You may be in that position. You may have a cash flow, but you can't meet debt service. Right. So through the process, you're, they're going to have to know that you're trying to sell the business, right? So you find the buyer, they approve it, they approve the price. Now you go through the process, they buy it. <clears throat> then that money is in escrow with the lawyer. He makes sure that not only the first, this is the first position creditor. They're going to get what they get, by the way. It's, so they're going to get whatever they get. The state is going to have to get everything they're supposed to get for right. taxes. <clears throat> so now, they sell it uh, based on the asset value. Everyone's good. That now you the subordinate uh, creditors, meaning everybody else in line, second, third, fourth, fifth. Now they get to write off the debt because it's it's toxic debt. It's no good. Uh, they and they can they can square it on the books. They've got paperwork showing that they're never going to collect it now. So exactly. so they can they can write this off as an expense, the bad debt or what have you. Yeah, and they yeah well yes right, and they didn't have to you know uh, uh, charge it off to a collector. They didn't have to, and, and that's all. That takes money. You you there's loss there, there's time there, and they don't have to have a lawyer suing. 
So they don't have to go through the legal process, which would have got them the same, whatever it was, it would have got them the same. Right. Because that's the point of the UCC, right? That code says no matter what would have happened if you followed these steps, if you did it out of court, in court, or however you did it, pretty much the same thing would happen, except for the outrageous court costs and then the time it takes mm. to go through the legal process. Because they could, for, first position could go through, you know, force you into a foreclosure if they, if they pushed hard enough. Nobody wants to do that. It takes a long time. One sure, lawyer and, then, and then they would have, have their lawyers and, they, and all that kind of stuff. Oh, it's, 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 forget it. it yeah. it's, it's, it's endless. So they write that off. The, deal, the deal's closed. And now the business can still operate. This is, this is the key to this UCC Article 9. Asset sale. The business can still operate with the owner, the, the, the original owner in place. But right. now he's now he's an employee. Now he's an employee. That's right. Now, if it's done right, uh, and it has to be squared legally. Okay, you can. In, so, if somebody wanted to purchase, this is the whole point of it too. By the way, I just took you through the whole thing. Hmm. Uh, you know the basics of it. If somebody wanted to buy that, if they said, "Wow, that business has great cash flow." but it is underwater. Hmm. I don't want to touch it. And they go to the next field. Uh, there's going to be a lot more businesses out there underwater when we have the downturn. Wouldn't you say? Well, you know, you, you talk about things that small business people do. And one of the things that I've consistently seen is that people don't want to do things like lay people off, especially if they know their employees have a lot of obligations at home and things. And, and, entrepreneurs tend to be very optimistic people. So they think, well, we had a downturn this month, but next month we'll recover. And what ends up happening is maybe the reaction is too slow to try to pivot the business to, to reduce some of the expenses and overheads to try to make it survive when things start to go down. And so often what I have seen many times is that things will start to turn down. Instead of changing the business, the owner will just borrow money to, of course. you know, just to, to pay those expenses if they lose money for a couple months. And if, but if they don't have access to, for example, a cheap line of credit at the bank, then this is another way that, for example, merchant cash advance people get started into these businesses. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's, it's just, these MCAs are degenerate gamblers. I, okay. I compare them with payday lenders in the personal world. Oh yeah. They're, but they're far worse because they're, they, they get to, they're far worse because they get to act worse, behave worse. And there's no legal recourse to stop it. Because they're technically so, within the lanes of the law in the things that they're doing. It just means there's, well, it's not even just, they're definitely in the lanes of law because the law is pretty broad when it comes to harassing people. Hmm. Right. But there's no regulation to stop them. There's all sorts of regulations on in the retail world, uh, you know, and there's all sorts of regulation on, uh, you know, for credit cards and all sorts of other lenders. The banks, the banks can only behave in certain ways, right? Because it's usury, meaning it's lending. They're not lending; they're advancing. They're purchasing future receivables. <laughs> so that's why. 
So, so we were just saying the end of uh, an Article 9 sale. This isn't just to get out of debt. This is so that a business can operate and it can be, and you could do really good business. Of course, anyone with too much MCA debt, come to us. We will take care of you. Okay. We will take care of you one way or the other, because uh, we don't have to sell your business off. Uh, we don't have, you know, this, you know, we can create this negotiated settlement over time as well and get your business back on course because part of what we do as well in our process is <clears throat> if they have so much debt, they have neglected parts of their business. Uh, so yeah, uh, you know, there's, there's many ways of making, you know, a negotiated settlement over time. And I was saying that the business was when they're, when they're trapped in this debt, MCA debt spiral, they're neglecting parts of the business. And what are the, what's the major one we see all the time is their marketing. So part of what we do is when we take on an, a new client, we immediately start looking at their marketing. Because think of this, you're, you're paying, uh, let's say if you're paying 25 grand, 50, 60 grand, 100 grand per month to the MCAs alone, right? And then we go into a negotiated settlement and now you're not paying that, okay? You're not paying that anymore. Right. So now you've got this big relief. You're like, oh, I can do business again. Well, wait, let's add to that, you know, because it's going to, because if you don't um, do an asset sale, there has to be a negotiated settlement. So one of the ways to save, save up for that is to get more business. So it's like, let's focus on your business. Let's get more eyeballs and attention on your business yeah. and also make sure your lead flow is right. And so that money starts going, you know, uh, toward a negotiated settlement. You know, it's, it's interesting because advertising and marketing expenses are often one of the easiest things to cut when people are trying to exactly. hold on to their dollars. And you know, back my first career out of, out of college was with the yellow pages. And so I, I used to see it. I used to see people say, times are tough. I'm cutting back my advertising. Then you'd go back the next year, you know, cause the book came out once a year and you go back and times are even tougher. He wants to cut it again. And the mm -hmm. reason he needs to cut it again is because the phone isn't mm -hmm. ringing because he's been cutting the thing that drives the traffic, right? And, and so I've seen this black spiral, you know, as it goes down. And so I, I understand what you're saying. Once you have the relief from needing to make those payments, let's try to juice up the business and get some more customers through the door. Oh yeah. We forced them, you know, we, you know, we forced them because they're putting out fires all the time. Yeah. We don't just force them. We do a lot of it for them because they're not very good at it anyway. So, uh, you know, we have somebody <clears throat> uh, on staff here who makes sure that stuff happens. And, uh, and it makes a big difference, as you know, right? And I would say this, if, if you were going to take an MCA, you know, a merchant cash advance, you know, don't get to the point where it's going to be for your payroll or your electric bill or for your lease. It should be when marketing, if anything, if you're going to take, I, I would say never take out an MCA. Hmm. Okay, but if you did the only the only thing you should do it for is marketing because at least it, it's going to something that's going to have a better return yeah that's how uh, important it is i look I, i'm in the same camp as you i i i think that some other solution has to be arrived at rather than doing one of those merchant cash advance deals because um they're just 
it's so hard to pull out of it. It's just, it's so hard to get yourself clean of it. Um, mm-hmm. once you start into that and I've, I've seen it before. Um, so the, so you're saying that there's an opportunity here potentially for someone who's trying to buy a business. If they see one that's in this kind of dire strait, they could yeah. potentially be the buyer in an article nine UCC asset sale and to not necessarily completely write off or discount the opportunity. No, actually look at it as an opportunity yeah. <clears throat> because yeah, because if it's a, uh, if it's, if it's in distress, whether it's in distress or whatever it is, it's underwater in some way. If you're looking at it, I mean, I've, I have businesses that come in and I'm like, how can you be doing such a beautiful business and be so underwater? How did you get here? And you know, there's a million ways to get there. So you could have, I, I see businesses, you know, quarter million dollars a month in revenue. And they're, you know, they're underwater because of the debt service. Uh, and it's like, let's just sell the whole thing and start from fresh, you know, and to, anyway, to get someone to do it, they have, they're going to have to be feeling the pain, right? but they will do it. If you have the right deal in place, they will do it. And you know, one of the things when you're looking for business, what do you want to find a motivated seller, right? Mm-hmm. They're pretty motivated. Somebody who's, uh, you know, over leveraged, they are motivated. Do you now? They're gonna. They're probably going to want. Oh, uh, you know, a deal like you can get forty percent. You have to do the whole thing, okay? So you do the whole thing. Find a business has great cash flow. You're going to own it one hundred percent because you're going to buy the assets. The former owner isn't going to have an interest in it because part of the UCC code, the owner cannot. Uh, uh, they cannot maintain a share in the business on the sale. Okay. Do in your experience, in your experience, these MCA deals, um, do they sometimes have guarantees from the owners? Are there, are there personal credit implications to all this? Let me tell you how you handle that. Well, yes and no. Yes and no. Okay. Um, Because everything has to be negotiated and satisfied. And as you know, uh, particularly the United States, very litigious here, mm-hmm. right? Anybody can sue anybody for anything, right? But, you know, a, uh, you know, a lender's not going to want to sue, an MCA is not going to want to sue someone for no reason that they can't get any money. So you could, it could be so bad that there's no personal assets of any kind. And if that's the case, it's all going to be written off. All right. It's all going to be satisfied. But there might to, to make sure future personal guarantees, and this is what I'm going to get to, and this is good for your audience who wants to buy businesses, is that although that own, that previous owner cannot have any stake in the business at the sale, I mean they have to be zero owner. Mm-hmm. They can work at the business. They can remain there, and you can got to make, make sure you got to square it, create an earnout deal. Right, so you create a deal, an earnout deal, which is, you know, meet these goals and deadlines financially for the business, and you'll get this percentage of whatever, what, whatever deal you want to structure. That's the earnout. Right. So the owner, in effect, is is has a stake in the business still. Now mm-hmm. that so from that money, 
that money they, they get in the earnout, meaning the, the original owners who sold it, he or she are, gonna, are going to put that, you know, th those bonuses, those earnouts away and use it to create an offering compromise, say, right, which is just you create a whole uh, uh, agreement with any personal guarantees and you settle for pennies on the dollar. Okay. If there's any remaining. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. It, 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 it's, I'm, I'm glad Kenny that you were able to come on today because, um, you know, the volume of, uh, hate mail I've been getting from MCA brokers has been declining lately. And I think that this conversation will help <laughs> clean that up again. And it's, and it blows me away how, cause I've got a, a video on YouTube, uh, how expensive are merchant cash advances yeah, and I yeah, show yeah. people the effective APRs of these advances. Mm -hmm. And I, and I just, I get emails all the time or messages on the, on the video from people saying, Hey, I'm a broker. I try to sell these things and your video is not helping my business. I'm like, good. Mm -hmm. I, you know, find a better way to make a living. And, and, um, you know, I, I, I think to, for people who have not been involved in these things to give them a glimpse of the mm -hmm. people that you're meeting and the types of problems and where these things can lead to, I think is really valuable. Um, I've been involved with uh, several people who've bought businesses that have been involved in some kind of insolvency proceeding um, where debts had to be settled and everything. And I'll tell you, the whole thing works out better when the business owner finds somebody to be the white knight, you know, as, as they call it, someone who's going to ride in on the horse to be the new owner and save the day, who's going to likely end up getting a good deal on the business. But it, it means all those parties that have to be negotiated with all the lenders and everybody else and any attorneys or anything, they all know that it's not theoretical. There really is a person with some money and this deal is going to happen. And here's an opportunity to take a lot of pain and suffering over a lot of time and just wind it all up so that everyone can put it behind them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because it's called an exit strategy out of it as well. Yeah. Because uh, um, there's, and, and by the way, I'm leaving out a few secrets. Okay. Sure. Of course. Now, ho however, I would, <laughs> I'd be happy to talk more and, and add some of these, the secret sauce ingredients to, if you, if you have a, uh, uh, an opportunity to speak with just uh, people who want to buy businesses only. Hmm. Okay. We'll do that. I'll get you to come back and talk to the people in my uh, business buyer adventure program. That'd be great. And anyone here, of course, set, you know, send us your, uh, you know, your wounded MCA, you know, scarred businesses. <laughs> well, uh, Kenny, why don't you go ahead and let us know how you can be found online? Bardwellcreative.com. B-A-R-D-W-E-L-L creative.com. Perfect. And uh, you can email me, Kenny at BardwellCreative.com, K-E-N-N-Y. And, and you, work you with can read up on over, some of this stuff. You work with people all over the United States? Uh, Hawaii, Alaska, and the rest of the U.S. Okay, perfect. Um, and th thank you very much. It's been a great talk, and, and you've shared some stuff that I know is completely new to some of my viewers. 
And, uh, and I'll remind everyone that if they are out there looking to buy a business, they should head over to businessbuyeradvantage.com where they can learn about my online courses and other services that, um, that I help people with to, to help them achieve their dreams. Don't go through the risk of starting a business. Buy one that's already making money. And just so uh, everyone knows, I purchase your courses. Oh, fantastic. What did you think of it, Kenny? <laughs> I'm not through them all yet, but uh, I, oh no, I actually, the, the reason that we're talking now is because, um, you know, I just, I just like how you deliver this content and material uh, better than anyone that I found. Even the big loudmouth attention getters <laughs> who, I, who are fun, who are fun, but uh, you know, it, anyway, that's why we're talking. So, and uh, you have a lot of great material. So I, I really encourage everyone to, uh, who's interested in buying businesses to talk to you, buy your material and uh, get to work. Thank you very much. I, I appreciate the kind words, Kenny. That, that means a lot to me. All right. We'll see you later and we'll hope for lots of sunny days in Massachusetts. Oh, yeah. Thanks a lot. You too. Right. Bye-bye.